When it comes to Islamophobia, why are we ignoring the elephant in the room? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, President and CEO of Borealis Threat and Risk Consulting in Russell, Ontario, Canada, and you're listening to Quick Hits, short podcast about national security and public safety. If you're Canadian, or even if you're not Canadian, I'm sure you've heard the news over the past week or so. On January the 26th, uh, our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, appointed Amira El-Gawabi as Canada's first, and I quote, Special Representative on Combating Islamophobia. Uh, It's a four-year term, budgeted for $5.6 million to cover at least the first five years of activity. And to say that this appointment has been controversial would be a severe understatement. There have been a lot of reports uh, in Canadian media about Ms. Uh, El-Gawabi's views, some comments she made years ago on people in Quebec being particularly Islamophobic. She was critical of a law in Quebec passed many years ago that talked about the secularization of society where by Muslims, uh, women could not wear the hijab, but they'd also ban yarmulkes for Jews, crucifixes for Christians in public offices. This debate's been going on and on and on. And, and in all honesty, I, I find it a little bit humorous that critics of Ms. Al-Gawabi have raised these issues, these statements she made years ago to call for her resignation, to call for the abolishment of the office, and to say that she is not qualified to run this so-called office of Islamophobia. I don't get exercised over that so much. I mean, who hasn't said or tweeted things or written things in the past that they maybe regret or maybe were done in the heat of the moment and upon sober second thought, maybe you would have said things differently. (laughs) Guilty as charged. I certainly have said many things that in uh, the light of day, I probably could have reworded or I acted rashly, and as a consequence, I'm the last person who's going to accuse somebody else of, of doing what I have done on far too many occasions. I'm not the pot that calls the kettle black. Still, there are some legitimate questions that are being raised about this particular office, and of course, those who support uh, Ms. Al-Gawabi have written op-ed pieces showing that the criticism of the office is, is in itself Islamophobic which really burns my ass because in a democracy, we ask questions. This government appointment was done without the a vote, was not done with any kind of consultation with most Canadians that I can tell. No one asked me my opinion, for example. And as a consequence, people are wondering, is this a good, a good use of money? $5.6 million is not, uh, not an insignificant amount. Do we need an office for Islamophobia? Why Islamophobia? Are there other forms of discrimination and racism that exist in Canada? Absolutely. Do we have separate offices for those? I grew up as a Polish-Ukrainian immigrant. Well, not immigrant. I was born in Canada, so were my parents, but my grandparents weren't. And I was certainly subject to Polish jokes and Polish jibes when I was a kid growing up, even though I'm about as Polish as I am Lower Slobovian, I am really not. And I'm not trying to dismiss the fact that Islamophobia is real. You know, this office was created six years almost to the day where a young man walked into a mosque in Quebec City and slaughtered six people in an absolute horrendous crime of hate. Notice it was a hate crime, not an act of terrorism. It was not called terrorism by the Crown, the prosecution in Canada. He was convicted on several counts of first-degree murder and attempted murder and given a very long jail sentence, but the prosecution elected not to call it terrorism at the time. Now, I don't want to get down, down the rabbit hole of what is terrorism, what is not. The bottom line, it was a horrendous act of hate, and the man has been justly punished for what he did, as he should be. He's not a hero. The guy's an asshole 
who killed innocent Muslims at prayer. And there's no lower form of violence than attacking people while they're praying to whatever God they happen to believe in. We also had an incident in my hometown of London, Ontario, a few years back, where a man ran over a Pakistani family, killing, I believe, four and wounding one. He has been charged with terrorism, which I found curious at the time, as opposed to a hate crime. They are covered under different parts of the Canadian Criminal Code, and we'll see where that case goes. But to deny that Islamophobia exists is simply to deny reality. There are people out there who have an intense hatred for everything Muslim. I don't quite understand it. They do, but they probably hate all kinds of things that are not like them. They're simply racist people that hold hateful views. I do have a bit of an issue with the term Islamophobia itself. To me, a phobia is a fear, not hate. But you know what? As a linguist, as someone who taught linguistics for 15 years and realized that language changes constantly, I'm not going to get hung up on the use of the term phobia within the phrase Islamophobia to describe hatred of Muslims. It is what it is. As I said, I fully accept that this exists and that we have to come up with ways to combat this irrational hatred of Muslims and of Islam. It's not right. It's not Canadian as far as I'm concerned. It's not anything that is that is useful or welcoming. And I think we do have to come up with methodology to try to educate people uh, and stop this scourge from happening. Do I think it needs a separate office? No, I don't. But at the same time, I do want to emphasize that I recognize this as a problem. The elephant in the room here, though, when it comes to Islamophobia, which not a lot of people are commenting on, is who are the greatest perpetrators of Islamophobia? I.e., who are the ones that kill the vast majority of Muslims in acts of extreme violence or hatred around the world? I think you know what I'm going to say, right? The answer to this question is that the single greatest group of people who carry out acts of Islamophobia are, wait for it, jihadis, Islamist extremists, who claim to be Muslim, who have malinterpreted, misinterpreted, whatever the verb is, the tenets of Islam, who see themselves as the only perfect Muslims in the world, and who try to impose that version of Islam on everybody else. So not only do jihadis kill wantonly anybody who disagrees with their views of whatever religion, but the vast majority of the victims in attacks carried out by Islamist extremists are Muslims. There's just an attack in Pakistan at Peshawar last week. The death toll is now well over 100. It was a suicide bomber sent by the Pakistani Taliban into a mosque that's frequented by Pakistani police, slaughtering, as I said, over 100 people. Who knows how many were wounded? And every day, somewhere in the world, jihadis are killing people. And the vast majority of those that die or wounded are fellow Muslims. I would call them true Muslims as opposed to the fake Muslims that the Islamist extremists call themselves. But that's the statistic that seems to be ignored here. If we truly want to combat hatred of Islam and hatred and distrust of Muslims, it would seem to me you'd want to put your money where it's going to have the greatest value. And that greatest value is against those who are the greatest perpetrators of these particular acts of violence. And again, those perpetrators happen to be Islamist extremists. So not only are jihadis responsible for 99 plus percent of terrorist attacks around the world today, and if you don't believe me, follow me on Twitter. I tweet out on a daily basis acts of terrorism around the world. And like I said, the vast, 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 vast majority are carried out by jihadis. And they're carried out in countries where there are majority Muslim populations like northern Nigeria, like Somalia, like Pakistan, like Iraq and Syria, like the list goes on and on and on and on. 
Now, I have certainly met Canadian Muslims who acknowledge this, that Islamist extremism is a problem. It has to be dealt with. They realize that they are killing Muslims. But I also have come across a lot of people who seem to want to disassociate the term Islamist extremism from what these people are doing, as if somehow the term itself is Islamophobic. So if I call a person what they are, which is a violent extremist who happens to have co-opted, bastardized a version of Islam to justify their moves as an Islamist extremist, which is linguistically accurate, how does that make me an Islamophobe? Am I not just trying to be true to my profession? Am I not trying to be as accurate as possible in my analysis? I mean, I worked in intelligence for 32 years, and accuracy was the absolute pinnacle of what we tried to do. Call things what they are, as opposed to giving them some kind of a pseudonym or some kind of name that doesn't capture the essence of what's happening. In the end, when we're dealing with a very real phenomenon like Islamophobia, including here in Canada, we have to recognize who's responsible for most of it. And yes, there are hateful things said online. There are people that go and, you know, make jokes or insulting remarks to Muslims in the streets. And that is unacceptable behavior as far as I'm concerned. I mean, if you're a racist, keep it in your inside. You don't have to share your racism with the rest of us. But when it comes to the actual acts of violence that are taking the vast majority of Muslim lives around the world, they're at their hands of their co-religionists, those that claim to believe in the same faith that they are. And I wish that was acknowledged sometime. Who knows where this debate's going in Canada about Islamophobia? Who knows what will happen to Miss Al-Gawabi? What will happen to the office? I'm just asking for a much more polite conversation, guys. Do we not have to insult each other back and forth? Let's acknowledge facts for what they are, because if you don't start with the facts, then your analysis is basically worthless. Anyhow, that's what I think. Curious what your views are on the post of the representative for Islamophobia, the money being spent, the accusations of Islamophobia for those who are criticizing the appointment. You drop me a line. You can reach me on email, borealisrisk at gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You'll also find me on Facebook and on LinkedIn. If you like the content want to get more, go to the website, borealisthreatenedmiss.com. Hit the subscribe button. It's free of charge. I don't uh, ask for any money for my podcasts or blogs. They'll come to your in- inbox whenever, as soon as I produce them. Love to hear your feedback as well as ideas for future podcasts and blogs. We'll talk again soon. Until then, take care.